This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Late last month, the federal court in a landmark decision quashed a hillside development that was issued by the local authority in Penang. Federal court judge Nalini Patmanadan, who wrote the unanimous decision, ruled that Section 222A says that the development affecting hilltops or hill slopes is no longer merely an issue of local state governance, but is also a federal and national issue. What does this all mean and how will this ruling impact other hillslope development plans around the country. So today on the show, I'm joined by Dato Dr. Gudiel Singh Nija, who represented the residents who won the case. Uh, he's an advocate and solicitor. He's also a former law professor at UM, and he's going to discuss the implications of this landmark decision and why it's a win for environmental law. Welcome, Prof. How are you today? Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me, Prof. So, you know, you have been helping so many different uh, people, I suppose, you know, in these sorts of environmental cases. I mean, you're working on the uh, Taman Rimba Kiara case as well. But this has been a long case, hasn't it, uh, Prof? It's been like almost, I think, what has it been a decade or something? Can you can you sort of give us some background on the case? Can we talk about what this development project was, you know, why it was being contested, all of that? Yes. Uh, this uh, case started off with an application by Sunway, they call it Sunway City Penang, Sadiran Berhan, to apply to develop a large number of condominiums and other structures, bungalows, on land that was uh, hill slope land, right? And hill land. There are two, these are two distinct uh, positions. Okay. And they got this, they applied for it in 2011. So, you know, the decision finally came in 2023. So it's more than a decade since the application first started. Now, the, this case is very important because it has provided a very comprehensive framework as to how local authorities and state authorities are to deal with applications under our regulation, the main regulation being the Town and Country Planning Act. Uh, and especially in this case, with regard to environmentally sensitive areas, in this case, hill slope land, which is more than 250 feet in height and has a gradient of 25 degrees. The significance of this case is it has provided a very comprehensive framework within which local authorities must act when considering applications for development, especially of this order and especially with regard to sensitive land. Now, what this case made clear is in setting aside that uh, grant that was made in 2011 to Mm -hmm. Sunway to build these structures on the land, it made clear that you have to abide by the Town and Country Planning Act, which also involves the function and purpose of this act, which is to integrate uh, regulations uh, relating to planning approvals, not just by the state itself, but to integrate it with with the federal authorities as well especially with regard to environmentally sensitive areas. And also that you they have to take into account the fact that you the Act provides for environmental protection as well as sustainable development. So that is the overarching framework within which local authorities must now begin to act. State authorities must act when they consider planning uh, applications. Now there is, for purposes of regulating planning, this, this particular act says that you must draw up a structure plan, which is it provides for the development, say, of the whole area of, say, Penang, for example, mm-hmm. structure plan. 
then you must abide by this structure plan. Now, in this case, the structure plan prohibited development on hill slope land okay. and on hill land okay. under under the under two two particular laws. And it required also, so there was an absolute prohibition. It also said that finally, when permission is given by the local authorities, they must refer the matter back to the state authorities, the state planning committee. And if it involves sensitive land, they must also then refer to what is known as the National Physical Planning Council, which comprises the prime minister, uh, the chief ministers of every state, and a large number of agencies together with certain experts. Because the point being, and this was made, this was introduced into the into the act by an amendment, because they feel they must integrate national with the federal, right. and especially with regard to environmentally sensitive areas. At the end of the day, the federal government is also responsible. For example, if there is a, a landslide which kills people or adversely affects people, so you must make references to this. So you have to follow this law quite clearly. You cannot use your own devices to bypass this structure plan. All right, It has to be adhered to. Now, what happened in this case, and it was decided by the federal court, is that there were attempts that the planning permission was given on the basis of, for example, guidelines, which did not adhere to the structure plan. In other words, the state just created their own guidelines and uh, did not refer the matter. They, they gave the complete discretion to the local authority without having to refer back to the uh, state authority. And the state authority, therefore, did not refer this matter to the National Physical Planning Council, the important uh, federal agency. Mm -hmm. So the, the federal court ruled that you can't do that. You have to adhere to the law and you have to adhere to the functions and principles of sustainable development, environmental protection. And what's more important is that the structure plan, for example, right, which uh, governs development, is arrived at after rather intense public participation because the public is going to be affected by the environment in which that development is to take place. And they could be adversely affected by increase in traffic, by, uh, you know, by impairment of uh, amenities like parks and so on. Yeah. So once a structure plan is put into place, then the local authority, when considering any, any application for a development project, must abide by this. If they want to depart from it, from it, they must have very good reason to do that. Uh, in this case, there was an attempt. The federal court ruled that they attempted. They did bypass this by creating their own guidelines, right, yeah. which uh, violated the structure plan. In other words, they did not adhere to these uh, provisions that require them to. Uh, take this uh, structure plan into account. Was it redesignated as a quote-unquote special project? Was that what it was called? So that they could sort of, um, you know, get, I guess, you know, almost get away from this requirement of consulting the council? Uh, yes, indeed. In fact, they created their own guidelines mm. outside of the structure plan. And the point that was being made by the, that was made by the federal court is that if you want to create any amendment to the structure plan, then you must go through the whole process again. You must go right. through public participation and so on and so forth and get people's feedback uh, in, as to how 
uh, that development, if they are going to alter it, how that development should take place, if it affects their lives, how they must take into account the objections, and so on and so forth. And local authorities have been told by the federal court now that you don't just blindly adhere to any directive that is given by the state authority. Because if that directive is unlawful, then your decision will be unlawful. And in so far as there was a directive given to the local authority to say, do as you please, once you follow these guidelines that were created, then you can do as you please. The federal court said, no, you can't do that. You're bypassing the law. Mm. And worse still, you did not even, as a result of uh, you know delegating that power entirely to the local authority, you uh, did not get the advice of the National Physical Planning Council in the, the, that uh, is required to take into account uh, all these factors about environment, de allowing development in environmentally sensitive areas. And by bypassing this and altering it any which way you want, the structure plan, and allowing for permission to be given by the local authority, you are denying this fundamental concept of public participation, which is so integral to the grant of any planning permission, which is going to affect people's lives uh, living in. Uh, now, in this case, you had they were going to build on this sensitive land. Mm. They, the the um, uh, Sunway owned uh, 89 acres of hill slope land and hill land. You know, there is also a law, the Land Conservation Act, which says hill land, for example, regardless of the of the slope, hill land, you can't even remove shrubs without permission. Okay. And in this case, 43%, so first it was hill land, the whole of the 89 acres, and secondly, 43%, as the federal court found, of the land was uh, environmentally sensitive because it had this slope, the gradient and the height, uh, which uh, for, in respect to it, there's absolute prohibition to absolute, have wow. the particular development. Right. Hmm. And if you really want to depart from it, you must give fundamentally good reason. Now, the other point that is uh, important is that when this, uh, when you want to make a develop, when you want to either create the structure plan or depart from it, or you want to allow uh, planning permission for a particular project, uh, the public or landowners, adjoining landowners who are affected, have the right to a hearing. In this case, the federal court found that this hearing was, you know, as the Malays call it, CSC only. You know, there was no real hearing because a hearing to be uh, to comply with the with the law requires you to listen, to take into account, to consider, and after that, to communicate timelessly to the objectors the reasons as to why as to how the objections were treated. Right. Now, all this in this case was found to have been, that whole process was found to have been flawed. Uh, and so that was an additional ground on the basis of which the court then set, uh, set aside the uh, planning permission. And the final point is that the Sunway had argued that, look, we've got first grade title and there is no prohibition that is endorsed on the title. And therefore, we are entitled to develop this land any which way we want provided that the state authorities and all the departments have, um, you know, approved uh, the application. The court said no. The court said that, you know, the fact that you have a title does not allow you, does not give you a blank check to uh, proceed with 
any kind of development. Any development must go through the local council, the State Planning Commission, and they have to abide by the law, which is the Town and Country Planning Act, and any other law. So the fact that you have a, this is a, a salutary uh, signal given to, for example, big time developers, that if you want to do any development project, then you must get the permission and comply with other laws. And you cannot just willy-nilly ignore the fact that there are laws which govern the regulation of the grant or refusal of planning permissions for development projects. So that, broadly speaking, is the framework within which the decision was made and the planning permission that was granted to Sunway was set aside. Okay. So they cannot proceed with their project now. Okay, so so that's that's really interesting that they can't proceed anymore, right? So does that mean that they have to sort of leave that hill as it is or there could be some, uh, they need to go through that whole process, you know, going through all those different agencies that you mentioned. Is there a possibility that there might be development there? Well, I mean, you cannot rule out anything, is it, in okay. uh, life? Huh? And you <laughs> can do anything that they want. But I think the signal is very clear that you cannot really develop uh, on hill slope land when there's an absolute prohibition. Mm-hmm. And if you want to allow any special project to, you know, proceed, then you have to go through the whole process of, uh, you know, public participation. Uh, if you want to allow the absolute prohibition to be um, amended in any way, you must go through that whole process of revamping the structure plan, mm-hmm. which requires, uh, you know, quite a long process uh, and so on. Now, the, uh, the other thing is, you know, in this case, the state government has been proceeding without a local plan. Now, what the uh, federal court said very clearly was that, look, you know, you do a structure plan and then you suppose structure plan provides for broad stroke development planning, right? How particular land use uh, is uh, going to be affected. That's a, that's broad stroke. But then you have to go into the details, into the minutiae as to how, say, a particular area within the state is going to be developed. Then you develop a local plan and the the uh, federal court said that there is a requirement for you to do it quite timelessly. Mm. They never did this. Right? I understand now Nang uh, is going through some local plan process, develop, developing a local plan. They never did it. Instead, they relied upon uh, uh, a plan that was you know, formulated by some official of the state and said that this is the local plan. No. This cannot be the local plan because local plan has to go through a whole process. It cannot be on the basis of a directive that was given to say, okay, from now on, please use local plans. And what the key is, is that you cannot, you know, simply uh, do your own kind of uh, process to bypass the law. And this is very important because then it rectifies, then it uh, allows, then it ensures that uh, the state authorities or local authorities do not go off on a frolic of their own, as it were, if I could say that without uh, intending to disparage the decision makers, you know, and uh, decide any which way you want and say that, look, you know, we've gone through the uh, through the uh, departments that deal with soil integration, that deal with other facets and environmental impact and so on. They said, no, there is an overarching thing. This comes later. You cannot just decide any which way. And this is very important because, and the federal court made that point, there is a need for um, uh, to ensure good governance and administration yeah. by ensuring 
that the entire process that is designated by the uh, this act itself, Town and Country Planning Act, is adhered to. And this will ensure, in my respectful view, uh, that there is a check and balance against, you know, the against local authorities and state authorities, you know, giving uh, planning permissions uh, on the basis of any which way that they want to designate as the basis upon which they can give permission for this kind of development. Mm -hmm. So I think that's very important also from the from two perspectives. One is that they've set the framework, town and country planning, the whole process must be adhered to. Local council, the signal given to local councils is, and I'm quoting um, the verbs used by the federal court, you cannot blindly adhere to um, you know any directive that is given by the state authorities or the state planning commission. Um, and you have to follow the entire, the court will look at the entire process before they, they be, uh, to see whether there is any step, any misstep that has been taken that falls foul of the law. And they found that there were so many missteps in this particular case. They decided to bypass the structure plan. They decided to, uh, the local authority decided to use, uh, you know, uh, special projects guidelines, mm. which is outside of the law. Uh, as ruled by the federal court, they decided to use what they call a plan DASA, a 1996, an old plan DASA, and said, and the high court and the court of appeal said, oh, this this is the local plan. Federal court said, no, this is not the local plan because the local plan has got to go through a process and public participation is integral to the formulation of these plans because people's lives are going to be affected by it. Yeah. People make decisions where to stay what kind of amenities are available. So if you want to change that, you cannot do it through a directive. Uh, you know, the authorities, uh, some department, or the local council, or the state authorities then decide to test. It's, it's a very important case in that respect because it has provided a very comprehensive framework within an architecture of sustainable development, within an architecture of protection of the environment, and also the fact that in environmentally sensitive areas like this, you must have the advice of a national body because the consequences go beyond just that immediate development in and around the neighborhood of that place. It extends to, as we have seen, not so many disasters that have occurred, landslide disasters. They are the impact is national. Yeah. Federal government is involved in having to answer for those and therefore their advice is integral. What the State Planning Committee did in this case was they said, okay, we set up guidelines outside of the law, as the federal court found, uh, and said, told, told the local council, then when you proceed, so long as you feel that it has complied with those guidelines that we have set, you know, those guidelines held to be unlawful, you just proceed. Uh, so they did Where's, not have any oversight themselves. Yeah. Where's the and check and balances, not, right? And they, uh, you know, it was done in the name of being uh, of expeditious. Mm. Uh, you know, we must be expeditious or so go ahead and do it. But, you know, in the rush to development. We're not against development, but development has to be balanced, as the federal court said. Development must take into account safety. Development must take into account sustainable development, which means a long-term impact also must be considered for the citizenry. And so, you, although the, the federal court signal is not that development should not proceed, but that development has to take into account all these factors so that there is a balancing of the divergent interests in society in the public interest, which they have mentioned 
Yemen several times. And so this is this is an important signal that is sent to uh, local authorities and state authorities that please take all this into account and then we can have a balanced development that takes into account all these integral fundamental uh, matters. Yeah, because we often hear, you know, uh, land is a state matter. So, you know, therefore it's entirely up to the state. But this has changed that, right? We have to have, you know, the judges in their in their learned decision said that, you know, it's no, it's no longer just an issue of the state. It is a federal, it is a state decision. Uh, so, yes, you need to adhere to all these laws. And, you know, it's interesting that the word sustainable development is also mentioned in the ruling, right? Is that the first time we're hearing that, you know, in such cases as well? Is that another reason why it's a landmark decision? Uh, well, I think it has framed it in the context because it's a planning law. Yeah. All right. It's a regulatory planning law. So how do you allow for certain development to take place? So of course, then sustainable development becomes very important, and I'm glad that they, you know, brought this as a, as a prime uh, that must be taken into account because when you want to develop, you must make sure that it is sustainable. That it, you know, it uh, adheres not just adheres to the law but as well balances the various interests in the long term, in the public interest. So they have used the word sustainable development, they used the word environmental protection, and they've used uh, the fact that it is not just a national uh, or a state, local authority, it's not just a local council issue, it's a state authority issue, and it is a federal, national issue as well. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, that these tiers, they call it the three tiers, local council, state planning, the state authorities, and the federal. All this must come into play, especially as in this case, with regard to environmentally sensitive development, with regard to ill-slope land. And Prof, you know, we know that there's so many ongoing cases, right, you know, involving sort of like, you know, residents against these huge sort of, um, uh, you know, environmentally sensitive areas, development on hill slopes. I mean, there's even here in KL, I'm sure you've heard of the Bukit Dinding one. Uh, so many ongoing cases. Do you think this decision might come to also, you know, impact uh, these ongoing cases or future cases that might come up? Well, I mean, it will because it has set the framework and right. the ethos within which planning approval is going to be considered. Mm-hmm. So any planning approval, uh, especially with regard to environmentally sensitive uh, areas, this federal court case is has a salutary effect because it then provides the basis upon which that planning uh, request, planning application is to be considered. And then it has put forward all the key features. And if there is a structure plan, you must adhere to it. If there is uh, no structure plan, then there is a process that is also involved that you cannot develop your own uh, provisions, you know, guidelines, etc., and directives to bypass any of these laws. If you do, it will be declared unlawful. And then how do you treat public participation? That you must keep in mind that central to this whole planning process for development and projects is the public and the public interest. And that that is key to, as a key consideration which, if you violate, will render that whole process also bad. So this is very fundamental. And they talk about it in the context of uh, democracy as well. Uh, that, you know, we are a democracy, and therefore when you have rights that impair the rights of the citizenry, in particular situation, in this case, in terms of planning regulation, then democracy itself requires that you 
carry out the process in a way that takes into account people's views and you take the views seriously. Good governance requires that you respond to it in good time and give reasons as to why. And very important is the duty to give reasons because this case is also laid down very clearly the fact that any administrative decision, even if the law doesn't say you must give reasons, you ought to give reasons because then it is part and parcel of this consultative process, part and parcel of the hearing that is set out in the law. And very importantly also, the court said, the federal court rule, that then that also provides a basis for the court to exercise a supervisory jurisdiction uh, over decision makers to assess whether or not the decision that has been arrived at and which is being sought to be impugned um, is or is not valid. So if you give reasons and the court can look at it, and if the reasons are justifiable, uh, then the court will so rule in its supervisory role and vice versa. If you give no reasons, then the court is handicapped uh, and cannot make an assessment in favor of the decision maker in saying that, yes, so you took all this into account, you have good reason to depart, for example, from uh, the law, which requires you to, for example, you know, which prohibits this kind of development. So all these factors, I think this, in that sense, when you cut out that single landmark uh, case, I, see, uh, I think some of these features that have been developed by this law, pronouncement of this law, will go a long way to guide local authorities, guide state planning committees as to how to approach planning applications in the future so that, uh, you know, they are accountable. This is another point, you know. Mm. Other two factors as mentioned, the transparency and there's accountability of these authorities to the wider citizenry who could be adversely affected. Okay. All right. Well, this is a wonderful win, uh, Professor. And, uh, you know, congratulations. A decade, more than a decade long, right, this fight has been. The Sungai Ara residents, I'm sure, are very, very, uh, very grateful and very, very relieved, I'm sure, uh, at this decision as well. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. So, so this, you know, is going to have. We're going to see the repercussions of this decision. I'm sure, you know, in the years to come. And um, you, of course, are very hopeful as well, right? You know, following this unanimous decision by the federal court judges. Uh, yes, yes. I, I feel that they have uh, set the framework within which development can take place in the future in a way that balances the interests of the public as well as uh, the uh, the authorities itself, as well as other stakeholders, and also takes into account the uh, you know, the fact that, that there will be no development that can be complained about once they proceed on a, on the basis set out, mm-hmm. right? the basis on which this uh, decision sets out the fundamental aspects that have to be considered by the authorities, by the various authorities, the three tiers the three have tiers. to be adhered to. And then we'll have a good democratic, transparent, accountable development which can be then welcomed by the citizens, not only people immediately affected, but by the nation as a whole. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Professor, for joining me today and you know explaining that to us. Yeah, like I said, we're going to see the repercussions of this uh, ruling in uh, yeah in the years to come, in the days to come, in the weeks to come. Uh, my thanks again. I've been speaking to Dr. Dr. Gudiel Singh Nija, advocate and solicitor. He is a former law professor at UM. He also represented the Sungai Ara residents in this landmark win. Uh, if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my/earth, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast 
from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.